0: Hello, world. Hello, Laurent. How are you this morning or this
1: evening? Yeah, it's evening here, but it's so bright outside, you couldn't tell. It's really, uh, you know, going into the summer, it's amazing. We are just talking before we have extreme high temperature. We have 32 Celsius, which in Fahrenheit equates to I have no clue, but it's really hot. And uh, it's uh, actually good to be back here. Last week, we had a small break because we had Dev Intersection, right?
0: Yes. Um, That was
1: really great. Absolutely. Uh, And and Dev Intersection, for people who want to watch it, uh, we have actually a link that we'll put on our show notes. So stay tuned for the show notes. It's everything as usual at ak.ms slash hello world. And you can go and watch that on demand. Uh, In fact, we are still kind of recovering from Build as well, because Build really (laughs) always messes up our schedule very much, and we have so much work to do and everything, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's good to be back, and I just wanted to remind everybody that they can watch the sessions on demand Mm -hmm. at doc.microsoft.com slash events. But uh, we also have stuff related to Build coming up, right, Juliet?
0: Yeah, next week we have a show right here on Learn TV. We have Best of Build coming up on June 23rd. So check your um, Learn TV schedule for the your local time of when that will be airing for you. Um, but yeah, super exciting. We have some great people. I know um, some of our favorite friends here from Hello World will also be joining the Best of Build show. Um, okay. Amy Boyd will um, have a session on AI. I think Laurent, even you're presenting something during that. Um, Two-hour window, and I think Burke Holland, who does um, Code Talk, talk with us. And um, anyway, it's a great lineup, lots of great content. So stay tuned for that on June 23rd.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, and we are looking forward to see everybody there. Indeed, I will be there uh, with Frank Boucher, who is also a host on Hello World, and we'll talk about cloud native. So really, tons of goodness, and we also have a lot of goodness here in the show. And you know, we can also mention it's actually a very special evening for us because it's the last show of season one for us. Stay tuned tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, Okay, You still have three more shows to go. But for us on the Tuesday team, uh, it's the last show. And uh, it's a little bit emotional, but definitely we are going to be back in July after that uh, for more show. But what do we have on the agenda today?
0: Today, we have um, OSS Spotlight with Aaron Wislang. super excited about that. He has a guest with him, Ron Evans, so really excited to see what they're gonna be talking about. We have Humans of Microsoft with you, Laurent, um, mm-hmm. followed by Christina Warren, bringing us all the latest developer news, um, always a favorite with This Week on Channel Nine, and then um, Scott Hanselman um, with File New Project,
1: mm-hmm.
2: talking to yeah, a that's TikTok like-
0: star, I think, so that's exciting. Everybody, I think- Yeah, like that should be to-
1: cool. Yeah. He always has such great guests. Yeah. This is really nice. So for the last time in this season of Hello World, we are going to welcome Aaron and his guest, Ron Evans, and they are going to talk to us about TinyGo. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Ron. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
3: Hello, Laurent. Very well, thank you. So today we'll be talking to Ron Evans, who, amongst many other things, is a maintainer of TinyGo. So it's wonderful to have you here with us today, Ron. Can you tell our viewers a little bit more about who you are? Sure.
4: My name is Ron Evans, a.k.a. Dead Program on GitHub, Twitter, all the internets. And I am a technologist for hire at the Hybrid Group. We're a small software consultancy that creates software for hardware companies like Intel, Sphero. We worked on the BB-8 robot and most recently working with a great company in Sweden called Northvolt making renewable batteries.
3: Fantastic. Yeah. So I've known you from the Go community, from go con and the South California Linux Expo, your open source projects, including GoCV, GoBot, and of course, TinyGo. Uh, some of us on the stream here might be new to Go itself, let alone TinyGo. So what is TinyGo and why might I need TinyGo rather than just Go?
4: So Go is a great programming language created originally at Google and used in many places, such as Microsoft. And it's a language that's generally used for cloud computing, but Mm -hmm. the language itself is very powerful and very expressive. So TinyGo is a compiler for the Go language written in Go that lets you run Go programs places where the main Go is just too large to fit, such as embedded systems and microcontrollers and WebSense.
3: Fantastic. So what are some of your favorite things to use TinyGo for? I see you have GopherBot here with us today.
4: Yeah, so GopherBot is a robotic, programmable plushie that is written entirely in TinyGo. And uh, so it's using a microcontroller that is from a company called Adafruit that many of us know and love. Uh, we do a lot of things with Adafruit. I also have a programmable badge here. It's the first Go badge. And if we switch to the other camera real quick, we can maybe take a look at it. So this badge runs TinyGo. It's an Adafruit Go badge and it lets you use your Go program instead of your Python program. We also have support for lots of other microcontrollers, the BBC Microbit, the many from Arduino, and, of course, the latest and greatest Raspberry Pi. So those are some of the things that I personally do, making toys and, of course, making some industrial type systems.
3: Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so I've actually shared some links to the TinyGo project, your Twitter, your Twitch, and other samples at aka.ms slash hello-oss. Um, I wondered if you want to share the best way of getting started with TinyGo. If I'm new to embedded development or hardware hacking or something like that, what end should I be sort of picking it up from?
4: Well, our website is a great place to start. We've revamped it entirely recently to make it both easier for newcomers to Find tutorials and conceptual information, along with people who are looking to get something done to find the reference information. Also, the first book about Tiny Go has just been published from Tobias Steel, one of our contributors and super fan. And we have a very active community on Slack, over 700 people. We're always on there. Tiny, tiny GoPers, we're very friendly, and we'd love to help you join us.
3: Fantastic. I know you've been streaming as well on PIPA TV on Twitch. I think it's been weekly now. We've been doing lots of hardware hacking and that sort of thing. Um, I particularly enjoyed the pull request reviews and things you've been um, doing there. So I guess that's a good place for newcomers to start. Um, if you could leave me with one recommendation or piece of advice, perhaps again for newcomers to this kind of thing, uh, what would that be?
4: Well, get some hardware. You can... and you. Even old Arduinos that you may have had sitting around in a drawer, we spend a lot of time working creating compatibility for most of the typical boards that hackers and makers have on hand. And we also have the Tiny Girl Playground, which lets you simulate these things entirely in a browser, that actually compiles it to WebAssembly and then executes it in the browser. So it, even if you don't have any hardware, it helps you get, get started and of explore.
3: Yeah, WebAssembly, it's another very exciting frontier for Go, you know, through, through Tiny Go and uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so for folks who are interested in this, it's slash hello-oss. We have all the links, lots of things to hack on. We'd love to hear what you've been hacking on. Feel free to reach out to us and share. Find Ron at uh, Dead Program on Twitter. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show, Ron. It's great to have you here.
4: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. That's really cool. I I really love those tiny controllers and how small they are. I actually started my uh, career as a programmer doing embedded controller programming, like we were calling it back then. But today, I guess we would call that the firmware probably. But anyway, this is really cool to see. What do we have next, Juliet?
0: Up next, we have actually you, Laurent, um, coming up with Humans of Microsoft with a new guest, Joseba, who's also from Switzerland, just like you. So let's see what the two of you have to talk about.
1: Hello and welcome to Humans of Microsoft. This is a segment where we talk to people just like you and me, but they have all one thing in common. They all work for Microsoft. And This week, I'm very happy to be joined by Yoseba. Hello, Yoseba. How are you doing? Hi, Laurent. Fine. Thank you. What about you? I'm very fine. Thank you so much. Yoseba, you are a Sales Specialist Manager and you are based in Zurich, Switzerland, just like me, right? Correct. Perfect. Uh, it's so good to have you here. And let's go straight into the questions. What would you say was a pivotal moment, like a critical moment in your career?
5: Well, I, I think that goes back to my time at the university in uh, in Lausanne, actually. I came from uh, from uh, my home country, Spain, to, to, to Switzerland to do a PhD. That was like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But at some point, um, be, being finishing the PhD uh, in a very, let's say, applied but theoretical uh aspects of uh, robotics and artificial intelligence back at that time i I felt this uh this need to go to something more practical and i decided to move to uh to the computer science industry and i think that change from moving from the university to the uh to the it industry was one of the things that uh made me what i am today i think was one of the my most important decisions at that time i would say
1: yeah, that's very interesting. I, I went a little bit through the same because I'm actually a, a, an electrical engineer uh, by formation, but then I changed very fast into the IT industry and computer programming. And mm-hmm. I'm also happy to hear you mention Lausanne because this is my hometown. So it's quite special. Oh, you. nice. Very nice place. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. I have nothing to do with that. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself to help you getting started?
5: Um, that would be probably uh, to follow your passion so mm-hmm. I think that's if whatever it is if you you have a passion and you find a passion and you are able to follow it it uh, I think that usually it turns out to to end up in in, in the right thing the good thing so uh my my piece of advice would be follow your passion. And if you don't know your passion, just keep looking for it because uh, I think sometimes it's not easy, but uh, I
1: think everyone has a passion in one form or the other, and that's the kind of thing that we should follow in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so true. And uh, we are very lucky that we can work in a field that we love, right? This is, this is very precious, really. Yes. so so one thing very important at microsoft is quality of life and work-life balance and i believe you have a you had a little bit of a special experience that you want to tell us about
5: yes i was super uh lucky and i'm very grateful to microsoft to have the opportunity to uh, a sabbatical leave. Uh, that was last year at the let's say at the beginning of the uh, pandemic where it still was possible to more or less move around we needed to change plans and Instead of going very far away, I stayed in the, uh, together with my wife, we went to uh, Spain, Sicily, Iceland, et cetera. but it was a very nice period where I was lucky to have a, a break between two different positions at Microsoft, and I think this is a, a great thing to do, and uh, the kind of opportunity that really, is uh, really great at Microsoft.
1: Oh, this is fantastic! And mm-hmm. another passion that you have as well, which has nothing to do with work, is skiing, right? And maybe one of the reasons you moved to Switzerland. But where did you start, really?
5: I started in the Pyrenees, which is the between Spain and France. Actually, and coming from the Basque Country, and is quite close. So I started as teenager skiing in in the Pyrenees. But then when you come to the Alps, that's really, that's uh, another Liga. It's really a great, great place to skiing. And, and that's uh, where I spend uh, all my hours out of work during the winter. Uh, as soon as I can, I take my skis and go up to the mountains. It's really a fantastic place, Switzerland, for that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a great place to resource. And I, I do love the of mountains as well. I go um, hiking quite a lot and, and do things like that. So what is one more thing you want to tell our viewers, maybe to inspire them?
5: Um, I would say is, uh, I, I think the Microsoft in general offers a lot of opportunities, can be professional ones, can be also like work-life balance, as you mentioned before, with uh, sabbatical things or other things as well. So I think uh, it's just find your passion, uh, ask for help in the organization and, uh, and be happy. It's, uh, there's a lot of people ready to help you in this organization.
1: Yeah, life is too short to be sad. That's fantastic. All right, very inspiring. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Yoseba. And to all the viewers, thank you for watching and see you next time on Humans of Microsoft.
5: Thank you, Laurent.
0: Wow, what a great interview. Thanks so much for um, bringing all of your wonderful guests all season long, Laurent. It's really great to hear from everyone around Microsoft.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. I really like this segment, which is much less about technology and a lot more about humans. And so uh, it's good. And I'm really looking forward to season two. And I'll have a very special guest for the first episode on season two. I can't wait to talk to him soon. So now for the last time this season, we are going to welcome Christina to take us through the whirlwind of news on This Week in Channel 9. Hey, Christina, good to have you back on the show. How are you doing?
6: I'm great. How are you, Laurent?
1: Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for asking.
6: All right. Well, um, as Laurent said, this is our last uh, This Week on Channel 9 of the season, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm Christina Warren. I'm a senior club advocate at Microsoft, and we go through all the latest uh, developer news every single week. This week, since it is the season finale, I'm wearing my Taylor Swift Fearless merch, because that's what I do. But uh, enough of all that. Let's get into this week's latest dev news. So first things first, Um, we are now like 10 days away, nine days away, uh, as I record. As we record this from the big uh, Windows event, which is going to be on June 24th, uh, we don't have a lot of details yet. Everybody's being very hush hush, but this is definitely something you're going to want to tune into. So, June 24th, it's a Windows event. Tune in. We've got links in the show notes in the description, akams hello world, where you can go to RSVP and sign up. Uh, but this is going to be a big one. So, be sure to tune in. Next up, uh, Visual Studio Code version 1.57. This is the May 2021 release. This was uh, this just came out, and uh, this came out, I guess, maybe four or five days ago, as I'm recording this. And as always, there are a bunch of new features. There are some refinements to the way that some of the installation stuff works. Um, it's a it's a good release. The team actually previewed some of these new features, especially stuff happening with Jupyter Notebooks, which I'm going to talk about in just a second at Microsoft Build. And so I don't have them in the show notes in the description. I will try to update them, but there are some great resources from Microsoft Build about from the VS Code team about what's new in Visual Studio Code, where you can get more insights into this stuff. But this is available now, uh, 1.57, download it, get it. Next up, speaking of Visual Studio Code, as I said, there are some new changes with the way that Jupyter Notebooks work, and there's actually now a Jupyter um, extension, a Notebooks extension for Visual Studio Code. And this is similar to the way that they have, like we have Java um, extensions and, and extensions for uh, Python, but now this is one that's just around Notebooks, and it actually changes the way that native Notebooks work, and so if you're someone who uses Jupyter Notebooks a lot uh, for you know, your projects, whether you're in data science, or even if you do some stuff that, might not traditionally use notebooks, you definitely want to check the extension out. And there's some really great features in it. Um, The the team is actively accepting and wanting feedback so let them know what you want but this is really great and I think this is a really great experience especially for people who are getting into notebooks for the first time because the interface is really good it takes all the things you love about notebooks puts them in visual studio code it's you know like a Reese's you know chocolate and your peanut butter peanut butter and your chocolate two great tastes that taste great together so more information of that in the show notes in the description really good stuff. Next up, I wanted to give a shout out. Rich Lander put this on the uh, Microsoft developer blog and it's a conversation about containers and we talk about containers a lot in development and there's still there are plenty of people like me and like Laurent and and like a lot of other people on our team who Aaron is, is one who we love containers and we would like to containerize all the things, but there are some people who still are trying to kind of wrap their mind around it and figure out what are the benefits for me and for my workflow. And what I like about this post is it's a conversation between a bunch of different people at at Microsoft kind of talking about how they use containers in development and it's a really, really good read. So I highly recommend checking that out, especially if you're somebody who is either trying to convince other people on your team to use containers or if you're trying to figure out how it might benefit you because certainly they're not for everyone in every use case, but I think most people can get benefits out of them. So check that link out, really, really good stuff. Next up, um, I wanted to give a shout out the Surface Duo design team, they have updated a new version of the Surface Duo design kit. And so if you're someone who has been looking at designing things for dual screen devices, whether it's the Surface Duo or other devices, this is something you definitely wanna check out because it's there've been updates with what some of the you know latest changes in Android are, and um, there's some new you know things for around pen support. This is a kind of a good overview. Um, I think that dual screen devices in the coming years we're going to be seeing more and more of them. And so I, it's even though it's something that I don't personally develop for right now, it's something I'm keeping an eye on because I think in the future years we're going to have more and more of these types of devices and experiences and the more ways we sort of prepare for that earlier I think the better it is. So good job to the Surface Duo design team on that because this is really really good. Next up, uh, this is an event that is actually taking place in 2 days. This is taking place on Thursday, June 17th and this is Blazor Day. This is the future of, you know, web development in .net and Blazor and so if you're somebody who's been really interested in like what does .net 5 and, and, and Sex, like what is that going to mean for the future of uh, web development, and and how can you use things like WebAssembly and, and uh, technologies like Blazor? You definitely want to tune into this event, Blazor Day. It's going to be a really good time. Um, as I said, it is June seventeenth. If you can't tune in live, we will of course have replays as always. But this is something I think that you know there's been so much happening in the .NET ecosystem um, around web development that if you haven't been part of it for a few years, you might be surprised about all the really cool stuff that the teams are doing. So really. Really, really good stuff. Um, and, uh, I definitely want to check. definitely want you to check that out. Next up, this was one that I actually kind of added last minute, everyone's favorite developer, Scott Hanselman wrote a really good blog post on his blog that appeals to me and probably, it might appeal to some of you out there, uh, the, the, the nerds in the audience. And he kind of has, it's about the blog post, but it's also a YouTube video where he compares two E Ink tablets, The Remarkable Two and the Onyx um, Books Note Air. I actually own and bought both of these uh, last year. They call them like pandemic buying. I was... I pre-ordered a Remarkable 2 and then I, I um, heard about the um, uh, Note Air and I was like, I'm going to try this out as well. Um, the idea behind these is that it, rather than having like a traditional tablet, like an iPad or like a, a Surface device or something else um, where you can do handwriting and stuff, these are e-ink devices. So they are designed both to be readable outdoors and be easier on your eyes, but also the writing experience, especially with Remarkable 2, is really more akin to taking notes on paper. Uh, but you can do some really interesting things with this device. I- personally think the books is a little bit better all around, but they're both really interesting. And so if you are somebody who takes a lot of notes and would like kind of a digital version of, of ink on paper, check out Scott's video, check out his blog post. This is really cool stuff. So I just wanted to give that a shout out because I went down this rabbit hole myself about a year ago and it's great. All right, now it's time for my pick of the week. So e3 was uh, this week it was this past weekend and there was tons of huge gaming news and so of course my pick of the week has to be the big Xbox and Bethesda presentation it's really cool the link that we've got in the show notes in the description gives you all the highlights uh, Bethesda is now part of Xbox gaming studios but there were so many things that were announced at e3 and so many of these games are coming to game pass which is one of my favorite things because you can play you know the games on uh, you know your Xbox on your PC and coming soon you know on Xcloud really good stuff Stuff. Some of my favorite games that I was looking for is uh, they, they previewed a game at the end called Redfall, which looks really great. Um, also, uh, Flight Simulator is coming to Xbox next month, which I'm very excited about because now I can play um, on, in my living room as well as on my PC. So, really good stuff from the uh, Xbox um, uh, E3 event. But uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what, what were the announcements that you thought were really exciting? Let us know in the show notes and the description down below. But that does it for me for this season. So, Back to you, Juliette and Laurent.
1: Thanks so much, Christina. It's uh, really amazing everything you found and uh, a lot of reference to our show as well because we will have Scott in just a moment. Yes, We uh, had, uh, you mentioned me and yeah, it's true. I do like containers, especially for development. So awesome work as usual. We will be really looking forward to see you again uh, in season two. What do we have next, Juliette?
0: Yep, Um, just as you said, Scott Hanselman welcomes Patty, another TikTok star. um, So we can roll that video and see their conversation.
2: Hey friends, I'm Scott Hanselman and it's Hello World. Today I'm talking with Patricia Shirazi. She's Hack Patty on TikTok. How are you?
7: Hey, I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm very well. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. I'm so excited when TikTok figures out who I am and starts showing me cool coders on my For You page. We've found Code Talk, haven't we?
7: Yes, right. I, I love it. I love uh, coding humor. It's always like a treat. <laughs> yeah, it
2: is a treat. So you create a lot of different um, TikToks. You've had a couple that have gone like viral. Did you plan that? Did you expect that they would go viral? Uh, What's your most popular TikTok?
7: I think my most popular one is the one that I try to illustrate the situation on interviewing my big company. When I went to interview at Google, I dressed up, put high heels on, and then people are laying on the floor, people are dressing like pajamas wearing pajamas that was the most like viral that i had i think people can relate to the situation on every big company
2: it does seem like the higher you get at a big company the more casual your outfits become right? until you are eventually just sitting around in pajamas
7: Right, exactly.
2: You also do exactly. a lot of Q&;A and you like talk to people about working at big companies and working in different um, uh, languages and learning on your own. Uh, have you found that people are surprised when they discover that you are a, a Latina coder or software engineer, or do you feel that they're very supportive?
7: Uh, they are very supportive. I think they are very surprised as well. Uh, it's kind of rare to find women in the field and especially Latinas here in the US. I almost didn't find any. So I think that's one of the reasons that I, I'm, you know, putting myself out there so people can relate to it. People can see another women in the field and support and also be encouraged to, to join the field as well.
2: It sounds like you really feel strongly that, like, representation, just simply being present and showing up, like, matters.
7: Yes, exactly. And, you know, talking about the myths that you don't need to be a man, don't need to be uh, good in math, don't need to be the stereotype that people expect that you to be, mm-hmm. to be on this field.
2: And you say that there's a stereotype that you have to be good at math, but don't you have a math degree?
7: I do, I, I am a major in mathematics, uh, but um, that was uh, almost 10 years ago when I joined, uh, when I, I started learning how to code, imagine, I almost didn't remember anything from my, from my college times. So yeah, it's good to have a good logical thinking and abstractions of some concept, but it's not something that you cannot learn as you go uh, on the process to learn coding. Mm-hmm.
2: So it feels like early in career, people who are just getting started may think that it's all about math, and they have to be really awesome at math to be a software engineer.
7: Yeah, they, they think that, but I don't think it's only. It's good to have a logical thinking, as I said. That is about solving problems. About to get on stocks, about to be open to to learn new things. Mm-hmm.
2: And have you found in being visible that the commenters have been very kind? Uh, like I find that most of TikTok is pretty nice, but then every once in a while someone will find my video and it's just like that's a hater, and I just I block them and I move on.
7: Yes, I I got a lot of like cool comments, but I lo- I, I got some ra- haters too. People saying that. I don't know anything, people are like, oh, you should not talk about that. But uh, at the beginning I thought about like replying, doing some you know, uh, controversial uh, TikTok, but at the end I was, no, I'm gonna put my energy on the cool people there supporting me. And that's what I keep doing.
2: That's a good way to do it. I think that your TikTok is very positive and you're talking about things like you, you went to a coding bootcamp and you spent all this money on a bootcamp, but then you also discovered you can learn a lot of those things yourself online.
7: Right, exactly. Nothing that you go learn on boot camp is not available online, and it's such a like a small uh, amount of time—only three months. So you have to do so much work by yourself to be able to find a job at the end. So why not to try that first, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't need to go to a boot camp at all.
2: Maybe you don't. I think that's great. Well, I really appreciate the content that you put out and that you are uh, visible and talking to people about you can do it too. You're basically saying I did it and you can do it too, aren't you?
7: Exactly, that's a goal. That's a goal. I encourage more people, especially women.
2: Mm-hmm. The folks can check you out at TikTok slash at hackpatty.
7: Yes, hackpatty, go there and uh, just you know show your support too.
2: <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for the support that you're showing early in career programmers, and we appreciate you hanging out on Hello World today.
1: Awesome. Always very inspiring to see uh, you know Scott Hanselman talking to all those uh, new developers, but some of them have just so much life experience. I, I really love it. And uh, it's very good that all those shows were recorded, and we're also going to play them uh, during the break in the next two weeks, so make sure to check it out. We have tons of recordings that you can catch online. Everything is on ak.ms slash hello world. So we are almost at the end of our show. What did we see today, um, Juliet?
0: So we had Aaron and Ron with um, OSS Spotlight, so we can welcome them back to the show to just give Mm -hmm. us a quick recap on um, where they can go to find any information on what they talked about.
3: Fantastic. So you can go to ak.ms slash hello OSS. We've got all the links to the TinyGo project. You can check out the TinyGo playground and anything else and run.
0: Awesome. There's and- lots of
4: resources online. There's videos. There's a book that just came out. We have a very inclusive and supportive community on Slack and on Twitter. And we just welcome you to join in and have some fun with us and maybe learn something new.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Um,
0: and then also we had Christina Warren with this week on Channel 9 who brought us a ton of awesome news today. So much great um so many great things happening in the developer world and um I think um like she said earlier you can check everything out at slash hello world and get all of that feedback.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody, for taking part to the show. It was really an awesome season. We are down now. But tomorrow, we'll see Amy and Adam Jackson, one of my favorite <laughs> presenters. So this is awesome. Stay tuned, because on Hello, uh, on Learn TV, we are uh, going to see Azure Percept DK, Product Design Choices, this is the next on Learn TV. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating. And see you next time on Hello World. Bye-bye.
0: Bye bye.